Good evening, everyone. It's that time of the week again. It's Thursday night, which means it's time for another episode, another action-packed episode <laughs> of Necromaniacs. And uh, this week, uh, my co-host, Jeff Kashid, joins us. How's it going, Jeff? <sighs> hey, Mike. It's going, uh, it's going okay. I think last time I talked to you, I told you I was standing in a room of just absolute chaos. Yeah. Just boxes yeah. everywhere. Um, I have organized those boxes into a somewhat more pleasant <laughs> looking manner. Uh, and it's still pretty chaotic around here. Um, currently my cats are just digging through all those boxes, having the time of their lives, not knowing they're about to spend three days in a car, uh, which is going to be kind of a living hell for everyone involved. Cats love boxes. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And they hate cars. They do. <laughs> they, Yeah. So not looking forward to that. Uh, packing's been kind of interesting. I, I, you just moved. I mean, do you, do you do this every time you move? You go through just everything. You you find stuff you can't believe you still have. Well, this last time I moved, you know, two years ago, um, all of my stuff was actually in a storage unit. And uh, all I had with me was like, like a very, very minimal sort of uh, austere setup. Where, from where I was living in uh, within that, that hellhole torture chamber that I was living in, <laughs> in uh, <laughs> emotional torture chamber that I was staying in. And um, so I didn't have a, like the stuff I had with me, I literally just had like a gym bag and like some random stuff and some books. And so mm. everything was already packed, you know, by the time I was ready to move. So, you know. And that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it wasn't ideal. Like I, there was reasons why that uh, was the case, which were probably not was the result of uh, poor decision making on my part. But um, but you know, it is what it is. It did make this move a lot easier though, because everything was already boxed up and in, in a storage unit. Yeah, I'm like, how minimal was it? Did you have just like a like a mattress with like no box spring? No, <laughs> like no, I, I had like a, a bed. I, I had a bed, but it was in the storage unit. Oh, okay. oh yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. It's all starting to make some sense. Um, but yeah, like I'm just finding like shit. Like I have like a whole big thing of the VHS tapes. I'm like, why? I've moved so many times since VHS has been relevant. Like, why do I still fucking have these? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. And uh, oddly enough. I'm gonna keep them. <laughs> like I'm like, well, I can't get rid of this, dude. I, I have I have a VHS player and I have VHS tapes. I like VHS, man. I found my copy of the OG, The Woman in Black, the one from 1989 that was made for the BBC, never officially released on DVD. That that's a that's a good find, man. That's a good have, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my top five favorite horror movies of all time. So uh, it's good to have a physical copy of it, even if I can't watch it at the moment. I will buy VCR just to watch it, though. There is a, um, I have something similar to that. I have, there's a movie called The Helter Skelter Murders, which came out literally the same year that Charles Manson did his murders. And um, oh, weird. It's, it's like about Manson family, but it, they don't call him anyone the Manson family, but it's literally the, the story, you know, and it's black and white. It's like super sketchy. It was made in like 1969, N you know, very, very hard to find. And um, Kim's video had a copy of it 
Remember them back in Manhattan? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kim's was the best. So I, I dubbed, they had a VHS, and I dubbed a VHS copy of that movie, okay? And then several years later, I would, they, someone bootlegged a DVD, so I bought the DVD. The DVD is edited. Oh. Yeah, man. So I have, like, on VHS, the uncut version, which has got all these extra cool scenes in it, and then... I have the DVD version, which is like hacked to pieces. You know, there's a lot of stuff is, is missing. And I don't even know, man. I don't know if this movie ever really got like an official release or something like that. But that would be something that, you know, like vinegar syndrome or something to try to find that and release that proper, you know. Yeah, totally. That's like that movie Begotten. That's like oh, it was never yeah, like officially yeah, yeah. Yep. released. Yeah, it's like if you have it, that's pretty fucking cool. I, like, you know, yeah, that's a really rare find. Yeah, I have, I have, I have that, like, um, some, you know, bootleg version of it or something, you know, definitely. Cool yeah, movie. yeah, absolutely. Other than that, man, what else? What, the stuff I've been checking out? Not much since I pretty much well, just yeah. been packing, working and stress, uh, stressing out, but you know, I've been trying to lighten the mood a little bit. I watched the new Jackass movie, not exactly a horror movie, but still, <laughs> I mean, here it is. What that started in, like the I want to say, like the late '90s, and here it is, 2022, and those guys are kind of still relevant. You know, you kind of forget the cultural fucking bomb that exploded when that show hit the airs, and it was just like an instant success. And I don't think you, you, anyone didn't think it was hilarious just watching fucking buffoons hurt themselves. Oh, totally, dude. And it reminds you of people you know, and I don't know, like at least. Like that, I get super nostalgic when I watch the first Jackass movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember going to see the first one in the theater, like in in, uh, in Boston, uh, right near where I lived, right near the uh, shit. I can't remember. Right near what was that shitty bar? Oh fuck, I'm never gonna remember. Anyway, just going <laughs> with my friends, buying like a soda, and then just them just dumping a whole thing of whiskey in it, and us just passing it back and forth, and getting absolutely hammered and laughing our asses off. Uh, it was a good time. But you know what? Watching this uh, on the couch uh, with my friends, not drinking, was still a good time. Yeah. Um, I have to but, watch the third one. I haven't seen a new one yet. Oh, then, no, well, yeah. The third one's, I, I have to say the second one was my favorite. And this one was probably my least favorite, but I still loved it. I still had a great time. It's just, you know, they're trying to, like, kind of pass the torch to a new generation, and I just don't know if i you know care about that as much you know and it is funny seeing guys in their 50s like getting like run over by bulls and fucking getting <laughs> stung by bees and shit <laughs> you know like they really gave their body to this thing and good for them and yeah. uh yeah one other thing I, I, uh, shout out to uh, my, my uh, girlfriend taryn she was playing this video game that i didn't play i'm not a really big gamer but it was called the sinking city and it's based on H.P. Lovecraft lore. Yep. So it was kind of cool to, like, watch her play. It was like watching, like, you know, watching an H.P. someone play an H.P. Lovecraft novel, you know, that had the creepy setting, like, completely nailed the fish people, things like that. So if you're a gamer and a fan of horror, I guess The Sinking, the sinking City is a, is, a, is a good one. I actually bought it because I have a Steam account. And, um, What's I, Steam? It's like, a, you know, a gaming system. It's like on, you oh, do it okay. on your P, on your PC, you know, you don't need oh, like okay. a, you don't need a console. And um, I see, I, I all of the Lovecraftian stuff. Like I bought a couple, a couple of those games, you know. 
Yeah. I, I haven't really fucked around with them. I just don't have... I, I don't know why I got it, why I even did this, because I just literally don't have the time to do games, really, to play games like that, you know? Yeah. But... Um, that's, like, her big thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that's how she unwinds, you know? Like, when she's done packing for the day, she plays a, a game. I think it's kind of cool. I, I, I wish I had time, because these games look awesome, you know? Yeah, like, I probably... Yeah, I, I maybe play, like, one video game every once in a while, like, you know, Red Dead 2, which is just so immersive and fascinating, and I love Westerns, so that was fun, but, like, yeah, I just, I'm not a person that just, you know, always needs to have a, a new game to play or anything like that. Before I uh, get into my uh, stuff, I just want to give a shout-out to our, our brother podcasts. Of course, let's break the apocalypse. Good, good friend, old friend of mine, John Draper, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah, great guys. Into the Necrosphere, Brother Jackie Smith. Horror Wolf Podcast, Brandon Legion. Just did an interview with Mick Garris. It's fucking awesome. I saw that, and Mick Garris, I love his podcast, too. Oh, yeah, man. That, that's like, um, I'm really proud of Brandon for that, for doing that, man. That, that's sick, man. He's really you know, racking up a bunch of really good guests and the interviews are cool. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, Mick Garris is like a big, big hit. If you ask me, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big get. Mick Garris is a, you know, he's a very well-known name in the horror world and apparently a really, really great guy from what seems, I hear. He seems nice, man. I listen to his podcast and he seems just like a, a nice dude. And also he came off great on, on horror wolf, you know? So, Hey, and you you were also on Horror Wolf recently. Yeah, but I'm not a good guy, though, you know. <laughs> no, you're a piece of shit, yeah. but, you know, I'm just saying, you know, you, you guys were discussing vampire movies, and uh, I'm surprised Martin did not make anyone's official top ten list. I, um, I'm going to be on again, actually. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's in, uh, in well, we're going to record it in April. I'm not sure when it's going to actually air, but uh, the topic is Lovecraftian horror. Ooh, okay. So I have to whittle. I have a list of like you know like twenty something movies. So I gotta I gotta bring it down to ten. So, oh wow, you know that's you know that's back when I would you know and you weren't on the inter internet all the time. I used to just read tons of books about horror or like you know I looked up like Lovecraftian horror and I discovered like a lot of cool movies that way that like weren't you know directly involved in, in Lovecraft's lore, but like had sort of its influence, like that movie uh, Possession with uh, Sam Neill, the Polish film that... Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have never seen that, man. It's so fucking hard oh, to find. I haven't seen it. It's really, really, really good. And I ended up tracking down an uncut DVD of it, and it's... it's uh, To call it Lovecrafting is a little bit of a stretch, but um, it's, uh, it's one of my... Uh, Top ten, maybe top five horror movies. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to give away what we're going to talk about, but I, I I used a loose Lovecraftian thing. Like the stuff when I when I think of a movie as being cosmic horror, like Lovecraftian horror, it doesn't necessarily have to be an adapt an adaptation of a Lovecraft story. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Similar similar to writing. I mean, there's like tons of like Cthulhu mythos out there by all these different writers. You know, so I, I apply that sort of license to these films when I made my selections. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I can guess a few that are going to end up on there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, okay, good listen. 
yeah. So I, I actually haven't been watching too many films, man. I've been um, me and Mike have been going to shows, man. <laughs> it's like we we went to Mayhem, we went to Immolation. We talked about that. I saw Rollins' spoken word on Friday down in Red Bank. Um, oh no way! Yeah, man, it was great. It was like two hours. It just it felt like fifteen minutes, and it was two hours. It was so good. Yeah, a good solo performance like that can 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 really do that. I wasn't aware that he was still doing the spoken word thing. I know. I mean, I think Rollins' band's pretty much done. Didn't well, we just? I think we just talked about that. Yeah, it's over, man. The Rollins' band ended like ten something over ten years ago, probably. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean he is what sixty now. Sixty one. Sixty-one. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I guess it, he looks great, though, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I haven't. I haven't seen him uh, in a while. I'm just in a couple movies here and there, but yeah, I haven't seen him in, in person. I don't know if I've seen him in person ever, except in back in 1991 when I saw him open for Jane's Addiction. That's a long time ago, man. It was. It was my very first, <laughs> like you know, like alternative rock concert. And I know I've mentioned this on on the podcast before. Lush was supposed to be the opening band. That's what's on the ticket. So when the Rollins band went on, I thought that was Lush. I was like, damn. Boy. This is not what I, what I thought Lush sound, sounded like. There, there are adult people that were born in 1991 right now. I know. I don't, I don't like to think about it. I don't like to think about how old I am. I know, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, some, some days I don't feel it. Today I feel it. <laughs> um, for sure. <laughs> I, I rewatched uh, a bunch of stuff. I well, two things specifically. I rewatched Resolution and The Endless by um, you know, our by uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. So two of our two of our uh, favorites. You know, we they're, we talk about them a lot. Yeah, we do, we do, and uh, I need to give those a watch. And uh, you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll talk about them. And that's uh, you know, in preparation for the new Moon Knight series, which is uh, getting ready to drop as we record this. Hope that's good. I have a feeling it will be. I, I know it's. I, well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth if I say I know it's gonna be good. But I have high. I have high hopes. I have high expectations. You know. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like. I'm not a big Marvel guy. I'm not really a big comic book guy in, in general. But I always appreciate any uh, anything those guys are involved with. And uh, Oscar Isaac usually doesn't pick bad stuff to be in. So. Yeah. I uh, yeah, discovered a new a new writer, Ted Klein. He has a, Ted. a collection of novellas called Dark Gods. And I highly recommend Does he spell it. it with like a period in between yep. each like exactly. Yeah, I know yes, yeah. Um Um God, yeah. back when I, I used to take a bus to uh Asheville, North Carolina from Boston, did that a couple times. Took a Greyhound and I would buy these uh horror collections because it's something to read uh, on the bus and he was always in them yeah and he was always one of the better yep his stories were always were like you know one of like oh that was a uh, one of the best ones in this collection that's cool that's cool um that he has his own collection i should fucking check that out yeah it's got four novellas in it it's like you know dark weird fiction kind of stuff it's really cool um yeah something takes place in new york city you know it's, it's i don't know it's cool and uh I reread, I, I have this uh, Del Rey collection of King Cull, or Cull, rather, by Robert E. Howard. Oh, okay. And uh, it's like the, the, the sort of lesser-known barbarian hero that he has. But he's actually, there's not as many Cull stories, but I kind of like, he's more brooding. And a lot of the stories that um, about King Cull are, are these kind of like introspective 
like Lovecraftian cosmic horror like flavored dark adventure, dark you know heroic fantasy like stories. Right. You know, and specifically, there's this uh, story called Mirrors of Tuzan Thun, which there really there's no action in it. It's just like a Lovecraft, an H.P. Lovecraft story. It's like him right. staring into a mirror and seeing like the bleak future and the uh, unfolding in front of him. It's fucking awesome, man. That yeah. name either sounds like an '80s goth band or a current metal black metal band. Or something. Mirrors of Tuzan Thun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like totally. Some '80s like, new wave band that never quite made it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that oh, that all sounds awesome. Yeah. Did you watch the Oscars? No, I don't. I don't. I don't give a fuck about that stuff, man. I know that. Yeah. I know that uh, Chris Rock got smacked up by somebody. You know, and like, you know, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the Oscars in a few years, but uh, I just found that whole thing sad, and there was a whole big thing about it that I just I was like, you know what, I'm, I can't pay attention to this. I feel like <laughs> just like where our, our society is like an all time low, man. I gotta be honest, you know. Uh, I would have to agree when this was like the main when uh, when people who were applauding Will Smith's behavior are usually the kind of people like you know they'll say violence is bad toxic masculinity is bad but it's okay when this guy says something you don't like to go up and slap him yeah (laughs) i'm a firm believer despite what some of you out there might think that i don't think people should just wantonly you know smack people (laughs) you know what i mean like i i don't think that's that's a positive um thing to do and I, i don't i don't support just like random acts of violence like that you know yeah i don't either i mean i it, the whole thing is, is just uh, just silly, and uh, I didn't see it, but I sure did hear an awful lot about it today. Yeah. <laughs> just curious if you saw it. I saw like a you know like a ten second clip of him smacking him. I'm like, who are these guys? You know, I, I didn't know who it was at first, and then I was like, oh wow, Will Smith is like really uptight, and Chris Rock got smacked, and he I, he took the he took the shot pretty good, you know, he like kind of yeah. like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he like he kind of rolled with it a little bit you know so he didn't get the full impact <laughs> I don't yeah know. i mean he's a he's a fucking pro he's one of the best i think chris rock's one of the funniest people to ever do it you know and uh i just you know it, i think it's, it's a somewhat dangerous precedent if you like a comedian says something that someone in the crowd doesn't like you can just get up and slap him it sets <laughs> you know, a bad like, hey, precedent fuck, man. Did it. yeah it sets a bad precedent you know and that's a whole point of comedy and like roasting people it's like you're supposed to like talk shit now it's like i guess it's not okay to do that anymore yeah yeah it, yeah it, it's just uh it's silly yeah. and uh you know there's enough in the world going on going wrong oh i know dude it's everything's going to hell it seems like man but you know what are you gonna do yeah, but we're still here. And that leads us to tonight's uh, subject, or tonight's film. Fresh. Yes. Yeah. Fresh. Fresh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this uh, Je- Jeff and I watched Fresh, and um, it's a new film. Brand new. Brand new. Came out January 20th at, at the Sundance Film Festival, and then the U.S. release on Netflix was just a few weeks ago, March 4th, 2022. And uh, it's 114 minutes long, and I'll, I'll get into that, why that's a significant number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, directed by Mimi Cave, for, and this is her first film, I believe. It is. And uh, written by Lauren Kahn. Yeah. 
I just want I just want to run down the cast. I don't know who I don't know who any of these ladies are really. I'm sorry if I'm missing out on something here, but um, run down the cast because there's some pretty. I think the cast in this, for the most part, was awesome. I think um, specifically the two co-stars in this did a great job. So uh, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, British actress. She uh, she co-stars as Noah. And um, if any of you guys out there who watched the the uh, UK France series War of the Worlds will recognize Daisy, and um, yeah, she she's great in this movie. Uh, Sebastian Stan, aka the Winter Soldier, aka Tommy Lee, uh, also co-stars in this as Steve and or Brendan. So he's kind of like. You know, he has like a fake name. Or we'll get into all yeah. that stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest of the cast is rounded out by Jonica T. Jib- Gibbs as uh, Molly. That's uh, Noah's uh, buddy. Yeah. Charlotte Laban as Anne. Deo Okeniwi as uh, Paul. Andrea Bland as Penny. A- I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Andrea Bang as Penny. And um, <laughs> that's like... I, I got a kick out of that name because uh, it sounds like a porno name or like if you're like a, a Muay Thai kickboxer or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a could be one or the other. Um, yeah, there's, there's a weird emphasis on girls' names in this movie sort of like that, that comes up later. But Yeah. And then uh, Brett Deere is Chad. Chad. That's like the perfect <laughs> like, like white dude name. Yeah, I feel like that was very specifically chosen for that character. Yeah, uh, I just want to say up front, I'm not going to give the movie away, but we might get into slight, slight spoiler territory because there are aspects of this movie that I think have to be discussed, sure. and it might be a little, little spoilery. So just, just a warning: if you haven't seen Fresh yet, you might want to watch it before listening to this episode. Well, but, well, just, just fair, you know, fair enough. But also, there's not really much of a plot in this movie, so. There, no, there really isn't. <laughs> yeah, so it's not it's not really like, you know, oh my god, that that's the ending. You know, you're not you're not going to have a moment like that. So I mean, number one, if you if you don't want us to if you don't want to hear about the film in in relative detail, watch it first. It's on Hulu. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I was wrong about that when I said earlier that it was on Netflix. It's actually, is this on, it's on Hulu? Yeah. It is, yeah. Okay. I believe it went straight to Hulu. I don't it think went, this. Uh, I don't think this played in theaters at, uh, at all, as far as I know. I, I th- it's it's on Hulu. Yeah, Searchlight Pictures on Hulu, not on Netflix. I'm sorry if I misled anybody out there. And uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, essentially the plot. This is this is straight off the internet, man. The plot. Okay. The plot follows a young woman who starts a, starts dating a charming man. Obviously, that's Sebastian Stan. Only to discover his horrifying true nature. That's the byline of the film. Yeah, and um, you know, even knowing that, you know, I, I went into this movie completely cold. My friend told me he saw it and he really liked it. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. I didn't watch, I kind of saw like a trailer in the background, but wasn't paying too much attention. So I really didn't know where the movie was going at all. And I think if you do, like, maybe a little less interesting even though like just watching you can predict kind of some of the things that are going to (laughs) happen like uh like uh i mean 
the common theme throughout the movie is like, you know, the nice guy's never actually the nice guy. Well, a couple things regarding that. It it kind of paints a very bad picture for men in general, really, because it's like the the douchebag's a douchebag and the nice guy's a fucking murderer, you know what I mean? Or like a abuser, you know? It's like it's not uh who's who's a good who's good, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You know what? I mean, right off the bat, this movie reminded me a lot of American Psycho as far I, I yeah. can feel the influence of American Psycho on this movie, which weirdly has, you know, has a lot of the same themes that like men are monsters and women are victims uh, of, of these monsters. I think American Psycho pulled it off in a much more clever, more interesting way than this. But uh, the, the influence is definitely there. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, so. If you want to watch the movie and then listen to this, go ahead. You know, but we're going to talk about some of the particulars of the film, and we might ruin it for you. And I apologize. So, you know. So yeah, uh, but this is kind of like two movies together. Um, like the movie starts out like basically like I wrote down, app dating is hell. <laughs> you know, sure. we see we're, we're introduced to our lead Noah. She's about to go on a date. That's someone she met on, like, you know, Tinder or something like that. And, uh, you know, the guy immediately texts her to remind her that the place you're going to is cash only. So, you know, he's not going to pay. Uh, and <laughs> it's funny just watching this uncomfortable date. Uh, it, it's cringy, but it, it, it's more played for laughs than outright, you know, like anything like scary or, or horrifying. Just like, look at this guy named Chad with his like little beard and he's got a scarf on inside. and Yeah. Yeah, he, he carries hot sauce with him everywhere because he thinks that's, that's like an interesting thing about him, but he doesn't realize like no one gives a shit. That's the thing, man. That that reminds me of like like a dozen people that I know when I lived in in Brooklyn in like 2005 or something like that, where it was like, oh yeah, you know, I love hot sauce. I put it on everything. You know, yeah. I think that's what yeah. he actually said. I put it on pizza. I put it on egg. You know, like fucking with a mustache, you know, that kind of shit, you know, like, yeah. I, yeah. And this guy, I mean, like a small part, but he played it really, really well. <laughs> like, you know, like this guy was just such an unlikable douchebag right away. And like, you know, he makes like, he thinks he's like this cold, classy cultured guy, but he makes comments about how like women dress nowadays and, and, and shitty things like that. And, um, he, you know, and when she's like, hey, I don't think we're a match, you know, the nice guy facade drops and he's, and uh, you see, like, the asshole he really Dude, is. He got super dark, man. Like, he did, the guy didn't handle rejection very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? He got, like, no. really, really dark and it got kind of, like, uncomfortable. And I thought that was, that was, like, you know, kind of set the tone, I think, a little bit. You know, there's, like, this, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a, a mask you know, that people put on when they want to appear attractive to other people. And this guy's mask was flawed because, you know, he's projecting this image, which sucks, that he <laughs> thinks is cool, but it really is a, he's not cool at all. And when she responds negatively to that, the mask drops away and you see this like totally misogynistic, um, you know, asshole basically you know so yeah that, it's almost like, yeah. it's like a setup i think for the rest of the film you know what i mean yeah and 
Yeah, if, I mean, it doesn't go into it, but you can imagine if this guy was, like, real and was, like, tweeting, he'd probably tweet about how much he respects women and things like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, well, but in reality, he doesn't really. Like, he's that much of a piece of shit. Well, well, yeah, there was that one statement which you touched on where um, Noah's wearing, like, a, you know, casual sweatshirt, you know, like a sweater, you know? And he says something about, you know, you know the, the women from our parents' generation, they just... Uh, you know, they took better care of themselves. They, they, they were aware more of how their, what their appearances were, you know, what, how they dressed. And I was like, dude, like, you know, you're, you're in like some pretty chintzy restaurant, really. Yeah. You know, if I was trying to like romance like someone, I wouldn't take him to a place like I wouldn't meet him there. You know, this guy didn't even take her out. It was like a Dutch scenario where they're both paying, you know. Right, yeah, just no class. Yeah, just <laughs> um, low, low rent all the way around on this guy, you know? And you know what? Like, this whole thing is a reality. Like, uh, Mike, I don't think you've ever been on a dating app, uh, I no, would imagine, I haven't. no? I, I haven't um, done that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. have you, you, do you have experience doing that? Uh, very little. Uh, well, the, the girl, my girlfriend, I met on one of those and we went on one date and she's just been my girlfriend ever since. So that, that, but like, that's cool. You know, she, she was, uh, you know, single a little longer than me. And, you know, the, like, she has not unsimilar stories to, 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 to things like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, this whole like, uh, Instagram page is dedicated to like this stuff, you know, like, like Tinder nightmares or, or by sleep day where it's like, they basically like shame these dudes who are like, Hey, you want to hang out? And the girl's like, no, not really. And he's like, you fucking bitch. You're ugly. I was just trying to <laughs> oh be nice. God, like, man. But it's, it's totally like a real thing it's for anyone out there who thinks like this, this scene is exaggerated. It is not. <laughs> like, um, it's not, then, it's like, funny, it, but it's not funny. You know? <laughs> you know? No, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And like the scene gets a little bit dark when she goes to like walk to her car and she feels like, you know, someone's behind her and she tenses up. Um, so I think, yeah, this again, this this whole thing sets up the tone of like, you know, the nice guys aren't nice and it's a dangerous world and and, and, and dating is hell. Well, and also, I mean, you know, you and I are both men and we exist in the world in a different way, too. I mean, I, I understand like I don't understand, but I, I, I have made myself understand how. You know how how women are more a little bit more vulnerable than we are out there in the world. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like fucking you know, whatever. This this is how I see things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, no, it's no, a little bit absolutely. easier to, to for for a man to overpower a woman. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to get political or like you know I don't want anyone to like oh well you know, like I don't want to get into that. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you the way I see the world. Okay. You could agree with me or not. So, with that said, I've grown to understand that, and I can understand like the dark alleys, you know, like some weird guy like behind you. Like I don't; these things don't concern me necessarily, you know. But if I was a woman, I would definitely feel more aware of my surroundings in those ways. You know what I mean? And this movie puts that front and center. You know what I mean? Like that you you are a potential victim, you know, more so than like a guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, comedian Dave Chappelle said it best when he was doing a whole story about, uh, carrying $20,000 for some, for something. I can't remember what on, on a train. 
and like how like you know terrified he was like he's like i honestly in that moment he's like i get it like i now i know what it's like to be a woman every second of every day and i was like oh, that's a pretty good analogy yeah but that was a uh, pretty smart but anyway yeah so uh really interesting oh but i also noted the music in this part was kind of cool i don't know who it was but it kind of had like a black heart procession thing going on yeah that was i thought um, the movie was pretty that that the score was actually pretty good during that scene yeah absolutely and uh then we meet you know we meet the her her best friend molly and this is again one problem i have with the movie is the scenes with her uh, with our main character nora and everyone else work really well but the, 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 the stuff with her best friend felt really stilted and, and like almost out of like a rom-com I don't know if that was intentional because this is billed as a black comedy horror movie, but like the, the dialogue they have to get, it's just like, it's not how people really talk. And it's like, you know, they're in the middle of like gym class and like, so tell me about your date, girl. Like <laughs> it was, uh, it, it just didn't feel natural to me at all. Like I didn't buy that these two were best friends at all. Yeah. There's a couple other things too. All right. And, and this is, um, you know, like there, there are parts of this script that it feels like that someone took the outline and they were like, all right, now where, where are we going to add the, the, the woke kind of stuff that we need to put in there for the millennial age? You know, um, hmm. like we have to have like uh, we have to have at least one gay character. So we forced Molly, <laughs> we we like shoehorned her character into being, uh, you know, queer. Maybe not gay because she has. We meet Paul later, this bartender who plays an important part of the of the story, and <laughs> the they used best to, character he's, in the movie. Yeah, he's the he's the only guy who's cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, and and they had a thing, you know. Right. But it, yeah. it, I don't know. It just felt. It just didn't feel like I. I understand in this day and age, you know, people do whatever, and that's cool. You know, you you do you, you know. But yeah. as far as like a narrative goes, it's just too many elements. You know what I mean? That, and it and it, it has that pandering like feel to it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, a, a little bit. I just don't don't know. Maybe like the the actress who played Molly just isn't it wasn't as as good in her performance. She wasn't bad in other scenes, but I just felt like those two like it just I don't know like it, it just didn't I just didn't buy them as best friends. It didn't their dialogue just was was kind of goofy and like like i said out of a rom-com like the only thing they seem to talk about is noah's dating life you know and it's just like well you know she's concerned it, that she's single you know and and uh you know lonely and all these things and just failing like not not that she's failing but that like her her she's not just not meeting the right guys like the, the wrong all the solutions are the wrong solution you know Right. And, you know, again, that's another thing like young dating, dating on apps. Like it can get very frustrating because you start to think everyone around you is kind of an asshole because it's a weird way to interact with people. It's totally new. And well, it's not totally new, but it, it is new. Um, and then she meets someone in, in real life in this kind of meet cute again out of a rom-com. She's at the grocery store. <laughs> this guy's in the grocery store. And I underlined this. Um was it cotton candy flavored grapes? Is, is that, is is that, that real? a thing? I don't know. I was going to ask you. I never <laughs> I, heard of I'm, it. I was going to ask you. Like, I've never in my life heard of that. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously, you know, Sebastian Stan, charming, good looking guy, 
just comes up and she's like, she can't believe that this, you know, like, oh man, maybe I met someone in real life. I got to say and something about, seems, about the, okay. He, he's a little, kind of a little old for her too, in a weird way, right? You know, that came up actually in, in like, I like, like the age, <laughs> like she seems to be like, she's what, maybe 26, 27. No, she's not even that, that old. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause like, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on imdb and she's only like 20 or something like that and sebastian stands like almost 40 is that it 36 37 or something like that i think i thought he was like probably early 40s i was gonna guess oh at least the character that he plays in this movie like would probably be that age you know he uh you know he's a doctor he's got a you know he's got a couple kids all right sebastian (laughs) stan is 39 oh wow yeah so yeah he's like 40 so yeah. he's like probably like 20 years older in this this uh this lady this young lady interesting yeah so but, I, uh, I don't know if that plays any i i can see how that might enter into some of this stuff too you know what i mean like victimizing think, young women and stuff you know sure the movie doesn't really touch on that though so i was like well maybe that that's intentional their age difference but that that really doesn't come up at all no it doesn't Um, you're right i have to say i did notice the a lot of foreshadowing going on uh on the rewatch of this during these uh first few scenes you know there's a lot of um you know, when they're in the restaurant they're at a chinese restaurant she's on a date with scarf man chad scarf you see like (laughs) close-ups of like a crab in the tank you know you know what that crab's uh, about to be eaten you see like uh the chopping of the ducks and then like had the meat being hung up and um i noticed the uh a- a- when they're in the um supermarket when they go like uh the wider shot of noah in the background you see a fresh meat sign um it had to be intentional <laughs> yeah i mean yeah for sure i mean that's I got like you. I didn't know anything about this movie. I heard an right. interview with uh, the filmmaker on Mick Garris's podcast, and I was like, "Huh?" People are talking about this. I ran into this dude, Dean Rispler, at the Immolation Show, and he told me it's was one of his favorite movies of the year so far. Hmm. So I'm like, that sounds like a made-up name. No, no, he's, <laughs> he's a fucking solid dude, man, out there. Yeah. But but cool. yeah, that um. So I'm like, I, I should check this out. Like enough people will tell me about this. So so I, I went into this blind. I didn't know about anything, but all of this like meat and visceral stuff was kind of gearing me up. That I'm like, okay, this is like, you know, this is something here. This is like building up to some kind of like meat, blood type of thing, you know? And um, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. We were going along. Sebastian Stan seems like a nice guy. <laughs> you know, he's like yeah. charming. I'm like, he's a little too old for her, in my opinion, but whatever. Hey, it's, you know, it's the 21st century, you know. Um, so, interesting no, thing I, I noticed, too, when, when they go on their date, like, because, uh, you know, he gets the number because he's the, the good-looking guy at the grocery store. I noticed she's dressed a little bit... Uh, less casual on this date yeah then she wants to chat i don't know if you picked up on that i, I did and yeah because i was i that that scene stuck out in my mind because 
that guy was so dislikable. And I'm like, what kind of person says that to someone? You know what I mean? Like, so that I, I noticed when she was out at the, at the grocery store, she was like, you know, a little bit more put together. And, yeah. And, or, and, or when they go, yeah. When they go, when they, when they go out to the, a bar on, on an official date, like you know, she's wearing like a nicer, like, like shirt or something like that. Not just like, you know, a casual sweater, like, which I thought was like an interesting touch that like she, um, you know, she, she, she wanted to maybe like impress this guy a little bit more. She really like had hopes for him. Like, Ooh, like, like I like this guy, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe not, you know, put on the, like hanging out at home sweater. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also Whereas imagine like, that the cynicism that must arise out of, uh, these like apps and stuff to, using these apps for dating probably set you up for having like a bad time. Maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah, and also maybe Chad's shitty comment maybe got to her a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know how sometimes sure. someone says something shitty to you, you get a bad review and it gets stuck in your head and it might like affect the way you might like approach a song differently because it's some asshole wrote <laughs> <laughs> shitty about you. <laughs> um, there's also a, a little bit of, of, of that in there, but like anyway, yeah, this guy seems too good to be true, and it's interesting him like asking for all these questions about her life, they seem to be like to get to know you questions, but really those, those questions have a much more sinister uh, undertone. And like I said, not going in this movie completely like, like blind. I was like, there's a lot of red flags about this guy. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, he's like too, definitely too good to be true. Like he just, Oh, he's so sensitive, you know, <laughs> like he's like such a nice guy. He's like, you know, whatever this like handsome dude, you know, like he's got money. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and and, and he yeah. doesn't eat animals. Yeah, he doesn't eat animals. <laughs> it's like another bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, um, yeah. So th so they decide to go away, and um, well, first of all, they bang right away. Boom, done. You yeah. Know? Hey, it happens. Yeah. No judgment. And uh, hey, it's you know the modern world. You know that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, but this is a big Mike. Would you ever like if some someone anyone was like, "Hey, you, you want to get away for this for the weekend?" Uh, I'll tell you when we get there. It's a surprise. Like I, 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 I just feel like I mean, like she's so in, like seems at this point really enamored with the guy, and she seems like oh, you know he's you know like it, it seems like a bit of a stretch. You no know, one would go along with it that fast, but you know I guess you needed to to move the movie uh, along. It's already almost well, two hours. Um, you know Molly sees the red flags you know what i mean right. Mo molly's suspicious of this guy and um but you know she's noah's swept up away in the romance and you know he seems like such an, a non-threatening guy you know whatever uh but obviously i i, I honestly you know what i thought was going to happen i thought this was going to be like some kind of like like sacrificial uh you know satanic fucking pagan altar kind of thing you know what i mean but, yeah, I didn't, you know, uh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't know. I, like, the, the whole thing, I did not see that coming. Um, I, uh, okay, yeah, so they go away. He, he drugs her, and I want to bring up that, like, that scene was done really, really well and was very creepy. Yeah. Because uh, you see it from her point of view at first, like, the camera looks just slightly off. And every time you cut, they cut to her perspective, it seems just a little bit more off. And, and then, you know, she flops on the floor and 33 minutes and a, 10 seconds, I think, 
the, the, the credits roll, the <laughs> opening credits. And I thought, wow, we're in for this is like a, a like a, a, you know, um, a Hitchcock kind of thing where he kills off the person you think is the main character 30 minutes into the movie. That's what I thought. Uh, but when, when I saw she was still alive, yeah, I wasn't really like sure where the movie was going. I was like, this is kind of where like the, the movie kind of loses me a little bit is this second half post opening credit scene. You know, I think I agree with you on that because then it just, it becomes like, uh, you know, like a dressed up, you know, fucking hostile type of, you know what I mean? Like, all right, now we're, we have a bunch of women chained up in like this basement somewhere and this guy's like cutting pieces of them, on, of, of them off to sell to rich white people. You know what I mean? Like rich white men, old. Yeah. Yes, white older men. <laughs> and so um, we've seen it before. You know what I mean? Like, like this type of, uh, like, I, I'm not a big fan of these types of things. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like where you get these films where it's like torture porn or like, uh, you know, hostile where you're like roughing up women and smacking them around. That's not my, my, my thing really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same. I'm not, not into that kind of, those kind of movies. So they can like, be well done. Yeah. Like, so whatever angle this has, it start, it was losing me cause I was starting to lose interest in it already. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I thought I was like, okay, well, cannibalism is one is a very disturbing idea to me. Yeah, it's one. It's one something that really just bugs me at my core. Like, really, like I have a hard time with it. Um, I think most people would so, agree with you on that. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, someone's at home listening, like, well, I don't have a problem with it. I try it. Um, uh, and I thought I was like, okay, like throwing the opening credits thirty three minutes into the movie. I think we're gonna sense a, uh, we're gonna get a jar like a shift in, in, in tone, and this is gonna be really dark. But like the movie kind of keeps this weird sort of ha ha. This is all this is kind of funny tone to it, like, and, and not really like I, I just thought given the subject matter, like it, it should have gone a bit darker. Yeah, I mean it. I kind of like uh, agree with you on that. Like it should have almost been like in Martyrs or something like that, where when it turns exactly. that corner, it goes heavy and it would have been way more impactful. But then again, you know, this, this, uh, they wanted to make a dark comedy, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how successful they were at that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's humor to be mined from everything, like dark humor, uh, from anything but this kind of goes like it doesn't really have like the cleverness of, of, of these like subtle dark funny things it just you know it, there's a lot of like goofy stuff of like you know now that it's revealed that steve's a total psycho you know it shows him like dancing around to like 80 songs while he chops up someone's leg and you see like the whole preparation angle and how that all works um and like yeah you have this like goofy like song playing over it that just i don't know if it really quite works with uh given given the subject you know what i mean i agree with you on that i don't think it works at all because it's like you've it's like you've seen it already this isn't like a new this part the beginning i thought was brilliant honestly you know up until they yeah. rolled the credit i was like wow this is this is actually i'm really engaged in this film but then when, it, when, when we got into the basement you know it just it just seemed like a, a rote 
generic sort of story at that point. Okay, crazy guy, I'm dancing, ah, you know, I have a knife, you know, I'm cutting up people, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it was a very uh, well-traversed path of showing an insane guy with this fucked up idea that he has. You know what I mean? There was nothing. It just became like an execution of the story at this point. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it just sort of like it has some interesting ideas. Like you, you, you find out Steve's real name is what, Brendan? Yes. And he has a wife and a family. And uh, there's a shower scene where you see his wife uh, disrobe and that she is missing part of her leg. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like she was probably intended to be one of his victims and somehow, you know, won her over and is now kind of a part of this thing, this, this operation. Because uh, Actually, one of the things you kind of, they should have played this up more too is because, um, all right, well, one of the things that comes out is that he normally hasn't slept with any of the other women that he ends up, uh, you know, chopping up, okay? He, he slept with Noah. So there was like a an attraction there and a fascination he had with her. So she was like special, you know what I mean? Right. They um, don't really play that up, like that conflict in this. In, and I think that would have been an interesting conflict to explore in the movie because he has a wife and she obviously came out of the basement. You know, she's missing a body part. Mm-hmm. And then we have yeah. Noah who he chops off part of her uh, her glute, you know, her, her, her ass basically. Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I had some thoughts. I, it was like, at first I was like, is this some sort of like joke about eating ass <laughs> or something? Because it, it, I, I get, I get it. Like from a filmmaker standpoint, they're like, well, you can't eat the leg. Then she's going to be like, you know, how is she going to get away? But like, you know, you take her ass off, you know, like, you know how much fucking pain you would be in for like months at Dude. a time and how you would not be able to walk or do anything really. Yeah. That bothered me. Like, I know it's a movie. I know it doesn't have to be a hundred percent real, but like, basically, like, she gets her ass removed, and then, like, you know, I, I think a, a week, she's been missing for a week. So, uh, um, you know, basically, like, yeah, you know, like she, she can walk and and run and sit with no problem. Dude, you just see a little bit of blood. That that part of your body, that posterior chain, is mm-hmm. where you get all of your power from. You know, yeah, like all of your like athletic power comes from like your glutes and your hamstrings and your calves and all that kind of stuff. So with that having been mutilated like that, you would be a, a mess, really. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I also want to point out that like uh, Steve, like he's for someone you get the sense he's been doing this a long time. Oh, he's yeah. not very good at it. Like he <laughs> leaves like a trail a mile long. So much so that the best friend is able to track him down. Like, oh yeah, there's the, uh, the we got to talk about um, the the cell phone thing, you know, which yeah that that was like, dude, honestly, all right. So of course, uh, you know, Molly's concerned. She thought this whole thing, this whole operation, was fishy. So she's trying to get in touch with uh, with Noah, and you know, Steve slash Brendan is responding to the texts on the cell phone. Now, right. you kind of know when it, it's just one of those things, man. Like if I was texting you, I would know if you were responding. You know, I 
there's this thing, man, like the way people interact, like how they misspell certain words or how they, the, the phrases they use or they use like a certain memes or whatever, you know, right. or, or certain emoticons rather. But um, so he, he gets a picture off of like Getty Images or something like that. He sends it to yeah. her. Oh, that's where we're at, you know. And then a, she does a very smart thing. She takes that image and puts it in Google and it comes up as like some generic fucking waterfall or something like that. And then she gets knows that something's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, she goes to the bar uh, where that they went to where she, you know, she had a thing with the bartender, the coolest guy in the movie. Paul, yeah. Paul. And like, you know, like it just seems like like, okay, if Steve had half a fucking brownie or, or was good at his criminal job, he wouldn't leave like a you know, paper trail or anything like that, paid cash or or something like that. You exactly. know, like exactly. He just does so many boneheaded things in this movie that it was like hard to like think that this guy was able to get away with it for this long. <laughs> Yeah, because they they track him down because of his his uh, his you know receipts from his visa, you know his credit card, and it's like, yeah, I would be you know if you were trying to do crimes, you don't want to have like a footprint like that, you know, you'd be like you'd pay in cash, and then you would use that. Oh, I pay in cash, you know, I don't like uh, credit, you know, that would be your your quirk. I only pay in cash, yeah. you know, some old school like you know affect affectation or something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just throw a line in there, something like that. I don't know, but like, yeah, it was just too easy. Like everything kind of like that came a little bit too easy. Like you know, like he's uh, no Nora no realizes like, all right, she's not just gonna like punch him in the face and run out of here. She needs like a real plan if she wants to live, if she wants to escape. And her, this is another like she she she's gonna woo him. And because she thinks, like, you know, she's told, oh, he slept with you. He, he doesn't normally do that because there's other girls imprisoned in there. You can't see them, but they talk to each other through, I guess, vents, which uh, doesn't make a whole lot of no, sense. But you, okay. You would have no, <laughs> you would probably have these people isolated, really, you know? Right. Um, and so, so that's your plan. Like, because, like, you know, he already thinks you're special, but like, Again, like they, they make it seem like these two had like this big bond, but I don't really like see it. He's always like, "You're you're unique. You're different, like me." You know, I'm like, well, I, I didn't really see any of that at first, I mean, but okay. I, I think they have chemistry for sure. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. definitely. There's like they they interact well, and you know, it. it I I believe that they like each other. You know, that that I I can see that, but I don't. I think that they should have just played it up as like a miscalculation on his side as being like infatuated with her because I don't really see anything in her that makes, well, I guess, okay, the meals that he prepares. She, yeah. she ends up eating flesh. Okay. And this, yeah. Yeah. And that really is the only thing that makes him think that she's like him. You know what I mean? Right, and... It is a uh, it's a it's a bold move on uh, on everyone's the filmmakers part, and this again kind of like I'm like if they go somewhere in, interesting with this, then this will be worth it. Like, but they don't go anywhere interesting with it at all. Like, it's just something she needs to do to escape. And I mean, I think that's something that would probably like scar you for yeah, life, dude. knowing you ate another person. I mean, at one point she eats a part of her friend. Yeah, yeah. Mo well, <laughs> like, that's where Molly Molly tries to save her, and she ends up getting captured herself. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, this is. I was like, this is really like a, a disturbing idea. I hope this comes back around at the end. It doesn't. No. It's just something like a means to an end. Well, you know, it shows her vomiting after her first time, but then you know, she ends up eating like you know uh, two other people, <laughs> not whole people, but you know parts Pieces. of two other yeah. people. Yeah. Because I, uh, I guess the angle that he has is um he's he doesn't like slaughter you like in you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre like it's not like they hang them upside down and slit their throats and drain blood out of them he just cuts right. like these choice pieces and um keeps them alive and hence the name fresh you know keeps right. the meat fresh and then uh you know bags it up and sends it out to these perverts out there in the in the world to die oh and also. There's like a super kinky, like weirdo angle where they, you know, he'll ship along like underwear or like a, a blouse or something like that of the girl, of the woman whose flesh they're eating, you know? Yeah. And he mentions like, you know, they're eating that meatball pasta dinner. And just like this, he's like, this, this meal is $30,000. Uh, you know, again, like, I, yeah, I just feel like this is kind of territory that's been covered a lot. And when she started eating people, I'm like, oh, okay, this is an interesting angle. Like, and you know, with the stuff with the wife, I'm like, this is going to be really dark, and she's going to end up replacing the wife. That that's and, where I thought it was going too, man. I thought that it was going to have this like very cynical ending, you know, where it's like, see, I would have appreciated that more. You know what I mean? Where if the ending just had this like really dark, cynical turn to it instead of like, because at the end of the day, she did eat human flesh. Right. And her ass is missing. Yeah, her ass <laughs> like, is missing. She's like, like, you know, one of her butt cheeks is gone, you know? Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, like a, a like more emphasis on that and like what it did to her, like psychologically would have been like an interest, a much more interesting movie. And instead, yeah, it's just like, goes through through the numbers of something you've seen a million times because you know eventually you know her her plan works she she gets loose um you know the bad guys are dead the end and like you know i was like is that really it we sat through this almost two hour movie and yeah. like i just feel like these interesting like Maybe like a, sh a shot of her, like an epilogue of like you know her sitting down looking at a hamburger with disgust or like you know, looking, looking at a person with like lust, like she's like, now she's going to be like the new Steve something. But it basically ends with like, oh, I'm glad that's over with. Yeah. Let's you go know? back to normal life. You know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's I, there no, was, like, there's no aftermath. There is no uh, consequences to any of the things that happen. There's no anything. It's just, oh, uh, we were, well, I was fucked up. Let's, let's go on with our lives, you know? Yeah, it, it was just such a, a bizarre way to go with this. Like, I mean, it, it's not a bad movie. I just don't feel like it connects the dots. I don't think it's as fully realized as this, this concept could be. Like, you know, okay, we've seen this kind of thing before. Like, what's going to be our take on it? And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, I guess. Like, it, it, it ends with, like, you know, the camera pans over and she gets a text from Chad. <laughs> um, like, yo, you up? <laughs> or something like that. Which I was like, oh, okay, that came full circle. Um, the theme of, of, of dating and nightmares and, not, and, and all that. But, like, 
I just don't think it had the guts to really go through with like the darker, more interesting aspects of this. Um, yeah, I, I, I have uh, like a little statement about about this. I think here, and um, oh, well, let's hear it. Yeah. I think I have to research this more too, but I don't know if um, the filmmakers are actual people who are interested in making horror movies. Um, hmm. I think that. And this is probably a projection, you know. <laughs> and it's like they're not interested in telling a horror story, you know. They don't. There were yeah. There was there was very horrific things that went on in here, but the characters didn't really go through any kind of like trajectory, you know. I mean, there was no aftermath to all this like horrible things, and I think that they're just the filmmakers are trying to make a film about toxic masculinity and all this other stuff and you know like topics you know like like cultural topics and they don't really care about horror necessarily i can probably see that yeah like or like how to like maybe they they wanted to bring those ideas and into like explore those ideas in like a horror setting which they do but uh, to some degree of success um you know, like even the bartender guy who like, you know, you kind of like, I, I really <laughs> thought his moment at the end was the funniest moment in the movie where he, you think he's coming to save the day and he's like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. That's, that's how he leaves the movie. He doesn't die. He doesn't save the day. He's just like, nah, fuck this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like, I, I thought that was hilarious. Actually. I thought it was probably the funniest, like that, that really made me laugh when it, when it was all said and done, I was like, God, that guy just totally was like he was like feet away from them. It was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I've seen the horror movies. I know how this ends for me. Yeah, and I think kind of like there's a lot of filmmakers these days that just I I think are not trying to tell horror stories. Like they're trying to like do some sort of you know socio political cultural commentary, which it definitely has a place in the horror genre, you know. But they don't Absolutely. do it. They don't do it in an artful way. Like the first Candyman movie, right? The first one, right? Not the, not the second one. The first one. Oh, the, the remake, you mean? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sequel, well, whatever yeah, not was, not yeah. the sequel. The re well, I guess it is technically a sequel, but the the one that that came out just a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated it. Um, yeah, I mean, for the re yeah, just like okay, you have some things on your mind. That's great. Uh, it's a great looking movie, but that's sure. that's really all it is. It's just like like reading someone's Twitter feed. I mean, I think even in that new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that movie, I think they were, I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, let's know. throw in some topics in there. You know, the kids will love it. School shootings, uh, Confederate flags, capitalism. Exactly. You know, uh, and they're not, they're not telling a horror story. Like there's no, um, yeah, there's horrific things. There's, you know, in, in the case of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's like violence and, you know, gore, but uh, there's but they, nothing I, yeah. like, emotionally engaging really you know that makes you like feel dread or or uh you know anything like that in there yeah yeah exactly i mean i that movie was just a mess it's a bad example but yeah you look at like old movies i have this like and maybe they pull could become political over time and and that's what makes the, the the message a little bit like hit harder like you know the original night of the living dead yeah. Where our black hero survives a whole movie only to be shot at the end by a fucking dumb redneck. Yeah, by a bunch of Trump supporters at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And I feel like 
it's such a powerful, but like a powerful moment in the movie. But if it was made today, yeah, he'd be wearing like a Trump hat and it would just be like cartoonish or, or something like that. Well, that, like that's kind of you know? what happens in, uh, in, in the, the, um, Candyman, the newer one where the, the cops yeah. have like these, like, they look like the January 6th guys. You know what I mean? They got like these like beards and stuff and shaved heads. You know? Yeah, and they don't really make the police like a presence throughout the movie where they just kind of show up at the end and like, all right, we're going to tell you how this went down. It was comical, and it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. Um, this movie is definitely better than, than those. I want to oh, yeah, say yeah. that. No, no, this movie definitely better. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm being like maybe, you know, I'm, I'm very fragile these days, you know what I mean, because of all yeah, this, yeah, like, sure. you know, I'm sensitive and uh, my feelings get hurt sometimes, you know, and um, – Maybe that's why I'm responding the way I am, you know. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's fine. <laughs> you know, being, a, being, a, being a white, being, being a white male, I'm not allowed to have uh, fragile feelings, but I do, nonetheless. <laughs> You're a fragile guy, Mike. That's that's what I think about you when when I think of Mike. I think fragile dude. Um, no, but um, I feel like yeah, this is like movie wants to have it. It's it's cakey too. Like oh, we want to make really make a movie about the nightmares. Of, of dating and framing in this like cannibal horror story, which is kind of an odd choice, but yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's a skillfully directed movie. I mean, um, Mimi cave is it, uh, she obviously has talent and eye for visuals, uh, pacing a bit of an issue in this movie. Uh, you brought up the, 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 the fact that it's what, how, how many minutes? It's 114 minutes long. It's just shy of two hours. This movie does not need to be two hours. No. I feel like it really drags in spots. And, you know, and if you're going to make a two-hour movie, I, again, like I was, would have rather they focused on the more interesting thing, things I found interesting, you know, like the, the wife and, like, you know, him basically trying to, you know, groom this, this, this prisoner of his to become his new, like, you're going to be my new wife, you know, that, that helps me with this. Uh, that was interesting, and like, but uh, this, yeah, it just didn't really go anywhere with that that stuff. And you see, and and in a way, they could have used that to, you know, for their to illustrate their agenda too. You know, like like obviously um, Noah's quite a bit younger. Um, you know, his wife. You know, maybe there that's it would have had this. I think it would have had a really really cynical vibe if it was like, okay, you're done. We're gonna eat you now, and she ascended to become his uh you know his new wife and meanwhile his old wife gets consumed right and yeah there's like a uh, that one scene with the wife tells you so much you know she's missing part of like you see her looking in a mirror and like pushing her skin back like gotta look young gotta look fit or this guy's gonna fucking eat me and that that (laughs) would have been someone who was interested in telling a horror story would have would have I think gone in that direction as opposed to taking this kind of like, you know, middle of the road appealing, you know, Oh look, the bad guy gets, you know, gets killed. Well, spoiler alert. The bad guy gets <laughs> killed in the end, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. All, all the bad guys are dead at the end. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I think, I think that it, it, you know, that's a nice neat ending, you know, and everyone gets their, you know, their comeuppance. But uh, it would have been, I think, a way stronger impact if something different happened, you know? Yeah, again, like, they kind of played the thing for laughs when, like, you know, the, the, the wife shows up and 
you know, like she sees like, you know, that, the you know, the husband's dead and she shows no emotion and uh, maybe she's happy, but then she's obviously very angry because she tries to like kill the hero or yeah. no, no. And then like, again, it's kind of played for like a joke. She's like, who was that? And her friend goes, that was his wife. And she goes, oh, he was married. Like you just ate your friend's breast and like, <laughs> oh, he was married. Like that, that's disgusting to you or surprising to you at that point. Like, I mean, I, I know it's supposed to be like a, a, a joke or whatever, but like, I don't know that, that it, it just didn't land with me. Like I, I didn't find it. I, I just, I mean, there, like I said, that you can mind humor from, from anything, but, uh, and that could have been like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a little bit more subtle. Like I thought it would have, would have worked, but I don't know. Uh, I know I'm kind of shitting on this movie, but like ultimately I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I, it looked great. You know, it was like a well, the craft of filmmaking was front and center in this for sure. You know, I just have problems with, I just didn't, there the beginning I thought was great. You know, but I thought the, up until the, the point where it turns into a hostile movie, um, I thought it was, it was great. And then it just became like the same old, same old, okay, cannibal, she's going to escape. You know, you just kind of know the whole story. It's not, you know, you, you kind of see it coming. And that's why I wanted to do something different than what I expected, you know? Yeah, I should have walked away from this, like, more disturbed and shaken. And instead, it was just, like, I felt like the characters at the end of the movie, like, oh, that's over with, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, keep, like, the, the first 33 minutes, I thought, were almost perfect. Like I said, some of the, the dialogue scenes between uh, her and her friend were a little, you know, rom-com-ish. But other than that, like... That the first before the opening credits is is pretty much like yeah it's it's great and then kind of slowly falls apart over the longer second part of the movie. But if you were going to give it a grade, what what would you say? I got it down as a three. Yeah, me too. I wrote yeah. down three, and it's too bad because I really feel like this could be a great movie, but it just doesn't. I don't think it. It just wasn't fully realized. Yeah. It didn't. It did not add up. Like like in any sort of satisfying way, it just ended up kind of being a, a very well made kind of humdrum horror movie. Do you think in Texas you'll be able to get your your hands on some human flesh to eat? Uh, I'll tell you what, man. If I do, I'll let you know. Would you Would you eat human flesh if you had the opportunity? If I had the opportunity, uh, I probably wouldn't know. Uh, I mean, I maybe sheer desperation. Uh, I'd still probably have a problem. With it. Uh, yeah, like I mean, we're, we're not talking about like if you're in a plane crash in the Andes or something like that. Like, I'm talking about like you're hanging out and some oh, there's like this thirty grand meal of like finely prepared human flesh, you know, with like kale and stuff. Would you Would you go for it? Nah, nah, I don't think I could do it, man. Nah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. What about you? No, absolutely hard no. I don't, think, I don't think I could live with myself doing something like that. Isn't eating like the afterbirth a thing? Like people eat like the, you know, after they give birth, people eat the placenta or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think I don't, maybe uh, that might be an urban legend too. You know what I mean? Like I, I keep I, hearing about that's like some like, like white lady stuff. I think, I don't know. Yeah, like she's like a wellness instructor. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. You know, it's just completely insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all live out here in California. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I, this is a well-made movie. Uh, obviously, a director would, and writer with something to say. And uh, curious to see what uh, what they come up with next. You know, maybe hopefully we'll like the the next one next one better. Uh, but yeah, I have a feeling. Yeah, the next one might not be a horror movie. Probably not. I, I, I seem to remember that um, in Mick Garris's interview with her that she said she really wasn't much of a horror fan. Mm. And that, that might have colored, yeah. colored my opinion about this too. Because it's like, you know, I mean, I, I read a lot of horror novels and short stories and, and there's like, you, I don't know, you have, to, you have to have a certain worldview, I think, to make, make films and write stories and write pieces of work that operate within this, this world, you know? I agree. I mean, yeah, totally, totally uh, agree. Uh, but yeah, three, three stars for me. Great acting from the leads. Uh, from that, pretty, pretty much everyone's pretty solid yeah. in their role, in their Definitely. roles. Yeah. Um, interesting idea. Uh, great first part, but yeah, you know, could have been, could have been better. But some people really seem to love this movie. So good for them. Yeah. You know, and uh, you guys out there, check it out. Let us know what you think. Everyone's got their own point of view, which is cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care, everybody. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm.
Oh, girl. Oh, girl. 